It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. It's time to break down the film of Corey Davis. Really excited about him. We talked about the analytics with Michael Nania. Talked about his Tennessee Titans career with David Beauclair of Sports Illustrated. And now we're going to break down the film with the host of Blewett Splits over at JetsXFactor.com, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing. Uh, the grind of the offseason. Um, I'm ready to get into the thick of it and see how the Jets uh, roster is really going to round out after this next month or so. Joe, I know the feeling, my friend. So let's talk a little film because that is part of the offseason grind. Corey Davis, the first thing that stood out to me watching him is his physicality, his blocking, his route running, and the way that he just knocks guys over even when he's running routes. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, the, the run blocking, to be honest, like I, so I like it. I like his effort. Um, it could actually be better to, to a certain extent. Like I, think it's, I think it's pretty good. I, I think it's been a little bit overstated. Like I think Mims, all in all, is probably a better blocker, and I do think there are better blockers out there. But he's definitely a willing blocker. Um, he just has to stalk guys a little bit better. Like he, he doesn't set up his ankles, you know, overly well. But again, we're getting into, you know, wide receiver blocking. Like it's not like I'm, I'm evaluating, you know, Wyatt Davis after the Jets just, you know, drafting that number thirty-four or, or whatever. So I can't get too crazy. Um, but no, that that's good. That fits the offense, obviously, with you know tight and condensed splits. Um, the play actions, the wide zone, obviously receivers are going to be involved in a lot in the blocking. Um, the physicality of, of his game overall, like you did say, is is good. You know, 6'3", 205. Um, I would venture to say he probably weighs a little bit more than that. I'm not sure even where I got that number. Um, but over the middle, it's good. He's not afraid to uh, take hits from linebackers, take hits from safety. He's not a, a, afraid to crack block either one of those linebackers or safeties or even defensive ends um, either. So it is a you know a nice thing to have a wide receiver who could block, which is an interesting wrinkle of this offense because you figure with the Jets roster, they might be running a little bit more 11 personnel um, then maybe they would like because that is where their offense is strong. So they might you might be looking at a little bit more of like the Packers offense versus the uh, 49ers type offense. Um, so he might be leaning to his brother, brother a little bit. So it is a uh, added bonus that two of your top three receivers uh, can block along with some guys that you know tight ends who I, uh, who I think could be underrated blockers for the Jets. So, you know, Croft is a good blocker, and I think uh, Wesco actually took a couple of steps up next year. So it's a nice wrinkle to have, but. Um, yeah, the, the, the size over the middle, the contested catchability over the middle, um, his ability to box guys out, uh, his ability to, to air quotes hold his line in his routes, his ability uh, to, to push off at the top of routes, 
um, which is really nice, whether it be with, with push buys or just slight leans um, at the top of his route, uh, routes, which not a lot of corners can hold up against because not a lot of corners are, are 6'3 um, and carry the weight as well as he does. Um, so the physicality is probably, you know, one of the best traits of his game. Another trait that I think suits this offense very well, and it's one of Davis's best, is his ability to get open in the intermediate areas between 10 and 20 yards. That's huge for the Shanahan offense, right? Yeah, uh, a, lot, a lot of crossing routes. We, we know it's going to be a lot of play action. It's a lot of, um, you know, rhythm-based offense with uh, a lot of yak opportunities, but then there's going to be times for, for deep shots as well. Um, but a lot of those, a lot of those routes off of that play action, it's going to be a play action heavy team, um, are going to be crossing routes. So if you have receivers who are afraid to go over the middle and take shots from linebackers or who can't make contested catches, um, they're not going to be um, as effective as you'd want them to be for this offense. You're not a, as good of a fit as you want them to be uh, for this for this offense. And he also offers that with his physicality. We didn't even mention Yak; like he he could do that as well. Um, we saw that with Tennessee. Um, and some, you know, examples of it, um, and a lot of it at what was in uh, Western Michigan that he, that he went to. So uh, he's an all-around guy. He's kind of interesting. Where like, so from watching him, he like I have a list, and I should I should probably always label these better. Just like like you said, with the the off-season grind along with the new house grind that I'm on, <laughs> my list haven't been as as well laid out as they should be, but. I have a list here of strengths and weaknesses, like what, which I do for for Blitz Blitz. So when I do that show, maybe I'll label a little bit better. But there's a very big list of strengths for him, and a very small list of weaknesses. Like he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses in his game, but none of his strengths are like elite traits. Like I, I feel like he's like uh, the the uh, the master of none, but like really solid in everything, mm. which is fine. Like I, I think, in, in my opinion uh, of him as a receiver, like I think he's like a low end one or a really high end number two. Um, and could he build upon that? Yes, I, I think he could. Um, which we'll, I guess we can talk about in a little bit. But uh, yeah, some of the the, the the physicality, the ability to go over the middle, um, are definitely strong suits of his game. Um, they're definitely not in that in that small weakness category that I have. The yak ability is interesting because he's not a burner. He's not a guy that's going to juke anybody out of his shoes. But he is somebody that has long strides. And this is why, and I've talked about this many times, he was compared to Des Bryant coming out of college. He gets in the open field and he can make things happen because he's got those long strides and not necessarily because he's as fast as somebody like Jamison Crowder, for example. Tell me a little bit about what you see with that yak ability and what he brings to that offense in that regard. Yeah, it's just like like with especially with a player like him, like he has that like that like silent want to like that you know a lot of these players that uh, Douglas and, and Sal are bringing in are a lot of these like quiet leaders, uh, high effort guys, and obviously as as long as he's not stiff as a board, if you're going to be six three, two hundred plus pounds, which again I think it's it's two hundred five, but I would say he, I would venture to say he probably weighs more around two fifteen. If you have some decent athletic ability and you have that want to. Um, then that's going to be, um, you know, a, a good uh, key to success for, for Yak. So uh, if that, it, that's also paired with the fact that he uh, finds lanes well. Uh, I think he has some good contact balance. He doesn't go down on the first hit, so he, so he um, is able to absorb hits from smaller defensive backs or even arm tackles from linebackers, so that's a positive. And he's a guy who doesn't want to go down. Like, it's, 
it's it's easy. It's it sounds simple, but it really is. That is a big part of it. You know, he he'll continually, um, you know, drive his leg. There's a lot of receivers out there. As soon as they get wrapped up by, you know, an arm or or two arms, um, they kind of just go down. Like they don't want to absorb more hits. Uh, Corey Davis is a guy like you have to fully bring him down, or he's going to continue to churn out. Uh, an extra yard or two or three, or maybe that might even lead to obviously a broken tackle and to even, um, you know, more yardage than that. So uh, it's, it's a really, it's a positive in his game for sure. And it's, and it's nice to see a guy who's getting um, a bigger, you know, a relatively big contract that he is going to, to give that effort. It's, it's more concerning when you see guys who don't give that effort and they're given that big contract. So um, that's definitely a, a, something to note in his game. Solid hands too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was uh, there was only really like, he didn't have a lot of drops over what I watched in 2020. The last few weeks of the season, I think it was against the. If, I might be mistaken, but it might be against the Packers and the Texans were his last two games in week 16 and 17. Again, I could be wrong, but that's that's something off the top of my head. Uh, he had a couple of drops in those games. It looked like he was he he was pushing a little bit too hard for a thousand yards, in my opinion. Um, where he pretty consistently looks the ball. Um, he looks the ball in. Um, and which obviously tends to, to lead to drops if you do, if you don't look the ball. And, and at times in those two last games, he was he was looking to run before um, he secured the catch, and it led to a couple of drops in those games. Um, so I think he was actually pushing a little bit for a thousand yards, which is obviously something that a lot of receivers want to do. So minus those drops in the last couple of games in the season, um, yeah, the, the hands are solid. The 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 you know the technique he has in his catches is good. Uh, nice tight hands, catches at the tip of the ball. Um, is quick to pull it away, uh, tuck it away from from defensive backs. Because um, obviously, if you're going to bring it right down into the defensive back's hands, and he's going to knock it out. So little things like that, pulling the ball away, is really important. Uh, strong fingers, like so. That's 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 all there. Um, and that paired with his, you know, the good hands paired with his physicality and his ability to get open um, is obviously a a consistent barometer for uh, the success he has. Uh, you know, snapping and snap out. So. And he can break tackles too, which is obviously something Robbie Anderson was never able to do when he was here. I I don't know what you're watching, Scott. Robbie Anderson, you know, when when they would run him on those end arounds, uh, sometimes you know he he would break some tackles. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Any particular weaknesses stand out on his tape? Um, yeah, like the his 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 top end speed is is definitely um average. I, I would say he's a good but not great athlete. Um, like he's not, you know, he's not a bigger guy who's looking like Julio Jones or anything like that. Um, I, at the, you know, in some of his routes, there's some nitpicky things I can go over. Like I would like to see him drop his weight more into his stop and break steps where he stands up a little bit too high. There are some times where, um, instead of committing to stop steps, he starts to lean out of the break a little bit, um, too early, which, um, his, his routes can go from, from really good to even better. Um, if he did do that, because he does have a really good ability um, even despite his size to get in and out of his breaks again, like for a six, three guy, he definitely does get out of the breaks, you know, relatively well. So, um, that's a positive, like I said, the run game, I definitely want to see him take, take some better angles, close some more ground before he reaches for guys. Um, that's something I, I wrote down. Um, want to see arms tired during breaks. Like these are all really little things. His arms get a little bit wonky to get a little bit wide, um, which kind of throws your, your balance off. I think his stem sometimes uh, after he gets off of press coverage or um, just tighter coverage, he, he tends to wide his, widen his stem a little bit too often. Um, and then the one big thing like that I noticed was the fact that I want to see him win more vertically. 
um, in, in the Titans offense, and maybe they did it a couple of years ago. Um, but I didn't really see him like win a lot of like deep shots. But you'd see him win a lot of crossing routes, um, and and that's a good thing. Obviously, boxing guys out is it, you know basically like a rebound in basketball, and that was great. But in terms of like being like that X receiver, like that one receiver who could take the top off the defense and you have to like rotate a safety to his side, um, I didn't see that ability consistently enough to to label it. Um, not necessarily as a weakness, but not a strength. And you, and you want to see a guy who's getting the contract, he does be able to do that, especially the bigger body contested catch guy. But contested catches over the middle on a, you know, on a crossing route is different than a contested catch over the shoulder, um, you know, 40 yards down the field. So I'm kind of interested to see where he's going to fit because um, I think he would be a really good Z um, where you're running some intermediate routes, which is more for the crossing routes, and the X is really the guy who want, you want to roll coverage to to open it up for some other guys underneath and obviously also win some deep balls um, just by himself as well. Um, and Mims has, I would say, the higher potential to, to win that job um, because Mims, we, we saw him this year make some ridiculous catches uh, early into his career, especially with Joe Flacco. Um, and almost makes some ridiculous catches like against Xavier Howard and Dolphins like multiple times. But the problem with Mims is he struggled to get off the press coverage in year one. And obviously as an X receiver, you're the split end, you're split you know, directly from the tackles, you're on the line of scrimmage. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see how they how they do that, who is the true X. So um, if there's one thing in his game that I wanted to see more of, it was more him winning um, just straight vertical on you know, nines or posts or, or whatever it may be, but I didn't see too much of that in his game. Um, but again, that may not be because he can't do it. It's just because of what he was asked to do uh, in the Tennessee Titans offense. So that's going to be something to, uh, to note down and, and watch out for. I'd imagine they're going to look elsewhere if they want some offense in the screen game, right? Because you didn't get much of that out of Corey Davis in Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I didn't really see too much of like design screens for him. So obviously they know him pretty well. Um, I, I would venture to say right now, if the Jets were going to go for, for guys on screen plays, uh, Crowder is obviously a guy who's not going to break a ton of tackles, um, but he is shifty enough to completely avoid those tackles, good accelerations. You'd see uh, probably more Crowder doing that. Um, I think Mims overall is an underrated yak guy. People look at the college numbers and just type in the stats, but when you're winning the most contested or the second most contested catches in college football, obviously you're not going to get a lot of, you know, yak opportunity from contested catches uh specifically fade routes and things like that so he has the ability to do that um you know as well but yeah i would i would venture to say crowder uh maybe vincent smith you know which i'm sure people are really just popping out of their feet in excitement um but no you know maybe maybe it's a Kadarius tony at at 34 you know one of these mid-round guys it seems like a lot of the mid-round guys in the NFL draft this year are these shorter shiftier um type of slot guys who the jets might be able to add you know, as a as a fifth guy who could who can come in and do that, and uh, Keen Cole's a guy who we we still have to talk about as well. So I have to watch that film and see if he could be one of those guys. Um, but no, I don't think he's going to get many many screen passes. You, he's a guy who you know isn't going to have that acceleration you'd want on like a bubble screen or a smoke screen. He's a guy who's kind of like a locomotive, like you or locomotive that you want him moving when he catches the ball because then he already has that steam. It's kind of like you know those running backs, the Leonard Fournette, the Derrick Henrys, you know. You don't, they don't necessarily want to be met in the first yard or two, but if you meet them yard three plus, uh, you might be screwed. So, um, yeah, catching screens is not going to, is not conducive to, uh, his running strength, in my opinion. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
You talked a little bit about how he might fit in this offense before breaking down him and Mims. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Not counting Elijah Moore, who you haven't had a chance to thoroughly look through yet. Tell me how you think these pieces are going to fit with him and Crowder and Mims, Keelan Cole too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and, and um, there are some strengths that we didn't talk about um, as well. I'm Obviously, when I do that on Blue, it's split, but I'm going to give the full, the full uh, you know, list of that. Um, but like I said, it's a pretty long list of it, so I don't want to just go one by one uh, uh, for that because it'll just sound like I'm literally, <laughs> I'm literally reading off my phone, which I literally would be um, because that's what I do when I watch film. I, I put the, the strength and weaknesses down. But, uh, yeah, the offense, that's, that's what I, I said. It, it's going to be interesting because, like, Right now, I think Mims has the best potential to be that X, to be that isolated receiver on the backside of those three by one sets, which you see a lot in um, a lot in uh, eleven personnel sets because it's you know obviously if he's getting press coverage, there can be an alert, and then uh, he would be the first read, and then you you work your way two to two to four on the opposite side, and if there's not, um, then maybe there's a safety rotation to him or whatever it may be. Um, where you'd open up the three receiver side versus the one receiver side. Um, that you know that's the problem with with uh, like I said playing X is if you can't get off a of press, you're literally on the line of scrimmage. So um, Mims has the ability to win deep, but he also gets widened out to the sideline a lot um, versus press coverage because last year he just didn't do enough at the line of scrimmage. But if you go back and you turn on the, the, the senior ball tape that he was putting out there, um, which I broke down, he was really really impressive. So I think he just needs to stop pressing, and I also think you know. Look at the receiver is not an easy position to adjust to in the NFL um, playing against corners that there are in the NFL um, and, and not having a preseason, not really playing the first couple of weeks of the season. And then uh, obviously coming in to play with guys like Joe Flacco and, and Sam Darnold. I think Mims um, was probably a little bit more uh, – he, he showed a little bit more potential than I think the stats showed, and he has more potential. So – uh, I wouldn't be too down on him, but I'm not sure he's ready for that X role yet. So it's interesting to see who they put there. Um, like I said, I, I think both Mims and uh, Corey Davis are more, uh, they're better suited for that Z role where um, you're going to be more, you're going to be working more uh, closely with the slot, with the tight ends. You're going to be working on layered concepts and working over linebackers. You're going to be working on crossing routes um, as a part of a concept instead of just having to win um, isolated. So, uh, it's 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 gonna be interesting with their with their offense just in terms of like because you don't have that X who's gonna play Z um, more consistently which I would venture to say it's going to be Davis but then also with a slot receiver and Crowder like he's uh, he's a willing blocker but he's not a good blocker in, in my opinion um, and he's going to be one, you know one of the receivers who is obviously most tight to the uh, offensive formation so how do they how do they get around that because you don't want Crowder cracking linebackers. Like even if he's willing, he's still what 190 pounds, 185 pounds, 180 pounds. So um, I really don't know what they're going to do, and that's obviously just me admitting that. Like I don't. It, it's going to be interesting because ideally you'd want Mims and Corey Davis uh, close to the to the line of scrimmage, but you don't really necessarily want either one of those guys playing slot. Even though I think Corey Davis could play some slot. Um, but then where does Crowder, you know, where does Crowder fit in? Do you take Crowder off the field and Cross is on the field or, or West goes on the field? Because, you know, ideally, uh, you'd want Crowder over Cross. Like, I don't know if I'm breaking any news here, but Crowder is a more effective player than Tyler Cross, um, at this point in their, in their careers and pretty much forever. So, um, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. But Vincent Smith, 
you know, uh, hopefully doesn't see the field too much. Hopefully it's a Keenan Cole. Uh, Keenan Cole, I can't really tell you yet because I want to watch more of his film. I know he's a he's a willing blocker. Um, he's a guy who can get some yak. He's a guy who's pretty consistent. You're looking at a guy who had like six, seven hundred yards the last couple of years with guys like you know Blake Bortles and Gardner Minshew throwing to him. So um, I know that them running more eleven personnel with the bigger guys that they have um, might get a lighter personnel sets versus them, which might help out their their run game um, just in general, lighting up the box. Um, it's a really, it's a really, really interesting to see how they how they deploy it. Uh, I, I obviously kind of like danced around it, but I also admitted that I don't really know. So, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, anything that we missed in terms of strengths or weaknesses with Corey Davis that you think is important? Yeah, uh, like I said, his his suddenness for his size. I, I think he's really good in terms of using his hands on on routes. Like it's it's very subtle things that you don't necessarily see younger guys do because they're kind of overthinking. Um, and they're just focusing on okay, you know, you know, seven seven steps. My on my eighth step inside, I have to break outside. Like obviously, that's really big, simple. But rookies think about that stuff a little bit too much. You don't really see it. But uh, veteran, more veteran receivers, you know, more patient receivers, guys who you know have that suddenness, but they also have the patience to um, kind of you know uh, evaluate situations. Um, they use their hands in really subtle ways. And Corey Davis is one of those guys where he really subtly uses his hands, um, push buys, push offs, whatever it may be, um, that create him separation, uh, paired with, with the size. I think, I think it's really good. Um, his, the speed cuts he runs for his size are very good too. So, um, his in breaks and outbreaks are definitely positives of his game. Um, which obviously if he's going to get outside of you or, or inside of you, uh, as a six-three guy, and he can box you out, which he does do. He extends to the ball with tight hands, um, tucks it, isn't, isn't afraid to go over the middle. Um, it's going to be hard for you to guard him. The one area, you know, in terms of like his route running, again, I think he could be use some work, uh, or I want to see more of is the vertical stuff. And I think on like back breaking routes, curls, hitches, comebacks, things like that, I think that could definitely use work. But in terms of outbreaks and inbreaks, you know, square cuts or speed cuts, I think those are are pretty good, but. Uh, does a good job attacking leverage, um, patient his route like uh, route running. Like I said, uh, in terms of his uh, route running ability too, he shortens his stride before breaks. You see a lot of receivers who don't know how to do that. They're still over striding when they get to guys, which again is not conducive to um, cutting fast. So he does a good job of kind of like showing a hundred, but really or, or like selling a hundred, but really running ninety. Um, shortening stride, which allows obviously uh, better breaks. So that's a, that's a positive of his game. Um, he uses rocker steps. I think he's a guy who is versatile. He could play, you know, Z, slot, uh, X, whatever it may be. I've I've seen him as H back uh, at times in the, in the Titans offense, which again is another wrinkle that you could use him. Um, and there's not a lot of receivers who are going to pay twelve million dollars a year who are willing to insert on ISO plays and block linebackers, but he could do that. So. Um, that's a positive. Uh, there's different releases I talk about. You know, he, he likes sport releases a lot, which I'll talk about in my show. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of positives. Like I said, there's a long list of positives, and that was that, that was maybe half of them that we talked about this show. Um, but yeah, a guy who is an all-around really good player, master of none in my opinion. But uh, for twelve million dollars a year, um, I'm definitely taking uh, a high-end number two to a low-end number one over a guy like the Patriots paid in, in Nelson Aguilar. So I think the Jets made out well with their money um, with the signing. And again, I think he's a guy who at this point 
is a low end number one to high end two. That's not to say that in this offense, maybe with more vertical shots um, given to him, uh, that he can't be a you know a, a mid tier number one. So I'm not saying that's his absolute ceiling, um, but that's what he was with the Titans, and I think what they gave him is is worth it. Joe Blewett, the host of Blewett's Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on for X and O Quick Hits. Really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything Joe is doing and follow him on Twitter at JoeRB31. And check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com. We've got all the latest news and rumors, and we got some film, and we've got our YouTube channel up right now. Luke Grant and Clayton Smarslock are doing Play Like a Jet Live Every Wednesday night, Kayla Pace has her commentaries up, Pace's playbook, so much more available over at playlikeajet.com and on our YouTube channel. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. 